Join us right where you are. Thank you for those who are able to join us here this morning here at Zion as we celebrate on this Resurrection Sunday, this Easter Sunday, that Jesus is alive. We invite you to join us and worship right where you are. We want to welcome you a little something like this. Thank you. 
Sunday, everybody. Amen. Thank God for another day. Yes, sir. Amen. The scripture reading will come from 
the gospel according to John. All right. The gospel according to John will be at the 20th chapter. I'll be reading from the New Living Translation. If you're able to stand in line of God's word, you may do so. The Gospel according to John, chapter 20. And it reads, Early on Sunday morning, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb and found that the stone had been rolled away from the entrance. She ran and found Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one whom Jesus loved. She said, they have taken the Lord's body out of the tomb, and we don't know where they have put him. Peter and the other disciple started out for the tomb. They were both running, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He stooped and looked in and saw the linen wrapping lying there. But he didn't go in. Then Peter arrived and went inside. He also noticed the linen wrappings lying there. While the cloth that had covered Jesus' head was folded up and lying apart from the other wrappings. Then the disciple who had reached the tomb first also went in. And he saw and what? Believe you with me. For until then they still hadn't understood the scriptures that Jesus that said Jesus must rise from the dead. Then they went home. Mary was standing outside the tomb crying, and as she wept, she stooped and looked in. She saw two white-robed angels, one sitting at the head and the other at the foot of the place where the body of Jesus had been lying. Dear woman, why are you crying? crying? The angels asked her. Because they have taken away my Lord, she replied, and I don't know where they have put him. She turned to leave and saw someone standing there. It was Jesus, but she didn't recognize him. Dear woman, why are you crying? Jesus asked. Who are you looking for? She thought he was the gardener. Sir, she said, if you have taken him away, tell me where you have put him, and I will go and get him. Mary, Jesus said. She turned to him and cried out, Rabboni, which is in Hebrew, which is Hebrew for a teacher. Don't cling to me, Jesus said, for I haven't yet ascended to the Father. But go find my brothers and tell them I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene found the disciples and told them, I have seen the Lord. Then she gave them his message. Amen. Amen. Thank you. 
to be praised. We serve an awesome God. He is resurrected. He is alive. Oh, hallelujah. He is exalted. Father, we just thank you that you have the victory. That you are lifted up. That you are exalted. That you are seated at the right hand in mass. All glory, dominion, and power belongs to you. We now know victory because of the resurrection of your life to defeat the grave and death has its sting no more. Now, Father, we pray that you continue to bless us in this moment of worship as we desire to hear a word from you. Speak, Lord, your servants are listening, that we might have your word hidden in our heart, that we might not sin against you, Lord, we pray. Amen. 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 Happy Resurrection Sunday. He is alive. Our Lord is real. Amen. Amen. You can tell that to your neighbors. My God is real. We serve a living God. And he's the God of the living. Which lets us know that he has defeated death. And is now exalted. Uh, we celebrate Resurrection Sunday. And think about it. That it's, it's not mentioned a lot in our New Testament. But it's assumed. They mention the ascension of Jesus. right? They say that he's exalted. They say he is lifted high. But that's also to include the understanding that he, in order for him to be exalted. In order for him to be lifted high. He first must have to be resurrected. He first must have defeated death. He first must have died on the cross for our sins. And so glory be to God that we understand that this Resurrection Sunday is kind of the, the culmination and the explanation of everything that we believe. The Bible speaks that Jesus is exalted. And we know he's exalted as we talked about on Passion Sunday when he came in. And he knew he was going to be beaten, whipped. Turned over by Judas, suffering for our namesake, uh, for the glory of God, that we might be able to call on Jesus, that all who call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Jesus endured this pain, this, this suffering, uh, so that he could defeat death. And here's the beautiful thing about what we're celebrating about this resurrection, uh, that he was not a criminal. He was found guilty of what he did not do. He knew no sin, but he became our sin offering. 
and becoming our sin offering. He took our pain, he took our punishment, he took our chastisement, he took our abuse. And here's the beautiful thing about it. God raised him from the grave is vindication that he was innocent. That everything that he went through was not what he should have gone through, but he went through it for us. And then God raised him up and let you know, like, you can brush the dust off your shoulder. You can get back up again. You can find out that they may try to knock you down, but with God, hallelujah, you always have victory. And so as we look at this text, now, the Gospel of John, and as all of the Gospels, they are written on the evidence and the fact that Jesus is alive. See, they're not writing the story while it's going on in real time as if we don't know what's going to happen. They are writing this to let you know that who I am writing about, he's alive. He's exalted. He is the son of God. He is the Messiah. He is the Christ. He is the anointed one. He is our redeemer. And we're waiting for him to come back again. And so here as we look at this text, notice how John is just confirming what he already told you. That we understand all of this now, but we did not understand this as we're going through. We've been, we've been walking through this time, and he mentioned about Judas as the one that betrayed him. That's a commentary. So we didn't know that then, but we know that now. Again, it says that when he raised Lazarus from the grave, they didn't understand it then, but they understand it now. The now they understand is because they've seen the resurrected Jesus. And so now let us see the recounting of the story from the gospel according to John. Looking at verses 1 to 2, right early Sunday morning, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb and found that the stone had been rolled away from the entrance. Uh, she ran and found Simon Peter and the other disciples, the one whom Jesus loved. That's when you can write your own gospel. You can put yourself down as the one Jesus loved. That's, that's what John is doing right there again. She said, they have taken the Lord's body out of the tomb, and we don't know where they have put him. Here we find Mary Magdalene left early to go to visit the tomb of Jesus. If you look earlier in the 20th chapter, we find out that this wasn't even his tomb. It was a borrowed tomb by the rich man. And, and, and we find out not only this rich man decided to put Jesus in his tomb that he has purchased, but also we find Nicodemus is with him. And we are familiar with Nicodemus because that's what we find out in John the third chapter, who came as Jesus at night. And so, of course, now he is at night, <laughs> burying Jesus because he became a secret disciple, follower of Jesus. And now they are burying his body. Now, so... As you're writing this, right, we know he's alive. They know he's alive as a writing, but at the time, they thought he was dead. Uh, matter of fact, Mary's upset, not, not, not only because he's dead, but now his tomb has been messed with. Wait a minute. I didn't ask anybody to move back this song. So why is the song move back? Let me go get Simon, right? That's that. Yeah, yeah, that's heaven. <laughs> Yo, Simon's the one. You want something to get done, they go get Simon. All right, let me go get Simon. He's going to see what the problem is. Simon, they, they move stone. They play with me. They play with me. Right, let's go, let's go, let's go find out, right? So they go tell Simon. Simon goes and check it out. And they have taken the Lord's body out of the tomb. And we don't know where they have put him. This information is troubling. Because the Jesus whom they love, they saw crucified. They saw him 
taken down off the cross. They saw him, they followed him to the garden nearby, the crucifixion, saw the body laid. And yet now they go to look to the body and continue the mourning and the grieving, and the body is missing. Uh, this can be troubling in so many ways, not only to Mary and Magdalene, but also to Simon Peter, and the rest of them are trying to investigate what is going on. And so we see John running faster than Peter, sees the linen, but nobody. Peter goes in and sees the face fall folded and the linen separated. John follows and believes what he sees. They are too wondering what has happened. Now, we know now he's alive, but at the moment in the time, put yourself in the position that they're not understanding that because all the resurrections they've seen previously, Jesus was present. There was no other resurrection and Jesus was not there. When they raised the baby girl off to the cone, get up and rise, Jesus was there. Lazarus opened up the stone. Lazarus come out, Jesus was there. But now they say the body is moved, but there's no Jesus there. They're trying to figure out what is going on. Also, notice the, the, the great detail of the Gospel of John pointing out how this grave is, is constructed, uh, that it's probably carved out of stone and moved in stone. And there's not a big entry with it because no they said they had to stoop to look in. And so you can see how they got to stoop to look in to see uh, what's going on here. But also, notice the detail here again that it says that his burial clothes uh, were left there. And the one that was covering his head was neatly folded. Now, this is important because in the 11th chapter of John, Lazarus, when he came out, he came out like a mummy. He was moving wraps in his death grave clothes. And he says, unbound him, unloose him, and let him go. But here we find Jesus with a, a tomb empty, no body, and the clothes that wrapped him still there. And the one covering the head nicely folded. So they're noticing that there's something different here. There's something happening here. Uh, who moved the stone? Where is the body? But now this is now. Remember, Mary gets up early in the morning to get there, and then she says, "Simon, hey, yo, hey, something's up." There's something until his body was going on. The tomb is empty. They're not understanding. But we now know now. The gospel writer is right that he is alive. He has defeated death. And they're trying to figure out where he is. Peter and John. Leave not understanding. They left to go to their home. Y'all see that there? Y'all with me? Continue on reading. We see in the John, the 20th chapter, the Gospel of John. And so when he says that, verse, four, uh, verse 14, she turned to leave and saw someone standing there. It was Jesus, but she did not recognize him. Dear woman, why are you crying? Jesus asked her, who are you looking for? Now, notice that Mary is still there. Y'all see that? But I'm going to jump back into verse 7. It says, while the cloth had, had covering, Jesus was folded up, lying apart from the other rappers. Then the disciples who had reached the tomb first also went in and they saw, him, they saw and believed. For until then, they still hadn't understood the scriptures that Jesus must rise from the dead. Then they went home. So when I highlight here, right, the gospel writer is writing from the principle of the understanding that we know he's alive. But at the time, we did not understand everything that Jesus was saying. We, we got in our heads, yeah, he's right. But now they say, like, oh, you know what? 
I think he's alive, but we don't see him. <laughs> but he's not here. So it said, I think they believe now. They left. Mary's still there trying to figure out where Jesus at. <laughs> y'all, y'all go ahead. I'm going to say here, where y'all take his body? I'm not leaving until you tell me where you have put his body. Anybody been there before? Because you want something, you got to leave until you get your answer. I demand an answer. I'll wait. I will wait right here. It'll be I'll wait. Right? You just let them know, okay, how long you say, I will wait. It's a blessing of her waiting. Not only did she not be alarmed or caught off when she saw two angels, one at the foot, one at the head, sitting there asking her, why are you crying? At a graveyard. <clears throat> and then she keeps on saying, look here, I'm crying because y'all took this body. Let me know where he is. All right, y'all, y'all playing with me. Let me get out of here. Then she goes in. Now remember the setting again says that it's in a garden near the crucifix. And so then she sees another person. Remember, Jesus is in some new clothes, y'all. He, he's in some new clothes. And so she didn't recognize him. Said he might be the gardener. And so the gardener talks to him. Verse 15. Dear woman, why are you crying? Then he asks her, who are you looking for? That's powerful right there. Not only did he ask her, why are you crying? But he asked her, who are you looking for? She thought he was the gardener. Sir, she said, if you have taken him away, tell me where you have put him, and I will go and get him. She's so desperate to see Jesus. And here's his thing that she's understanding that I want to make sure that his body is probably being cared for, taken care of. But not understanding that there's no need for this concern there. You are looking for who is alive amongst the dead. Why are you looking for the living amongst the dead? Why are you here crying when you should be rejoicing? You here sad, but yet he's alive. But she's not understanding this, and so God is, I'm, I'm so glad he's patient with us that there's times that we don't get it the first time, the second time, the third time, the fourth time, do I need to go on? But yet he is faithful that he's going to help us to get it. Mary is, is crying and weeping. Mary is under, not understanding what is happening here, but then look how he says her name the second time. Mary, Jesus said, she turned to him and cried out, Rabbi which is Hebrew for teacher. She understood now, you are who I've been looking for. That's why we like that song, Mary, don't you weep. Or Martha, don't you moan. Right? He called her by name and she recognized and she turned and realized, you are who I have been looking for. Anybody can testify that there's been some times in your life that you were looking for some other things, but when you found Jesus, you had a different response, a different expression, and you are who I have been looking for. Mm. You can turn my, my sadness into joy. You can turn my pain into joy. You can turn my mourning into gladness. Because God, you are willing to change things in my life. Mary Magdalene was crying because Jesus has been crucified. She saw them take his body off the cross, but now they're looking in an empty tomb. She don't know where they have taken her body. But now Jesus shows up 
and he tells her, here I am. She climbs, she clings to him. The verse 17, the 20 chapter says that, don't cling to me. Jesus said to her, for I have yet ascended to the Father. But go find my brothers and tell them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father to my God and your God. Let's, let's talk about this interaction with Mary for a moment. Mary responds as she grabs Jesus. And, and Jesus let know that we can't stay here. There's work to be done. But what he's highlighting to her is that I'm about to leave and go see my father and your father. See, again, what has the resurrection done for us? One, the resurrection has allowed us to know God as our father. We understand God as our father because Jesus, the son of God, makes us co-heirs with him. And because we have this great identity with Jesus, we are now able to go how Jesus teaches how to pray. He says this, when you pray this way, pray our Father who art in heaven. That is powerful when he's understanding that you have the same right as I had to call on my daddy. Matter of fact, when he was talking to the disciples after he washed their feet in the vineyard, he goes and tells them that if you abide in me, I will abide in you. And anything you ask in my, in my name to my Father, you can ask it in my name to my Father, He will what? Give it to you. He's pointing out that because of me, being the Son of God, Christ, you're not the one Jesus, because you put your faith in me, because you receive me, you have been received by the Father. Here it is, Mary is getting this understanding that now you have been resurrected. Now here's another thing too, that in his resurrection body it was tangible. She was able to touch him. He was not a ghost. Don't let somebody debunk about the resurrection of Jesus that it was a ghost, it was something misty or something spirit. No, he was fully man, fully God, fully resurrected, and forever will be that way. We'll see him again. Amen. Here it is, we're letting a taste of what it looked like when he sells a man. She cries out The power of the resurrection of Jesus also lets us know that God can take what is dead and bring it back to life. There's times in our lives that things seem dead, seem things empty, seem things that there's nothing going to grow out of this. But yet, if we can be like the, the valley of dry bones and look up to the Lord and say, Lord, you know. You know, Lord, that this building, Lord, you know, all you got to do is just say, God, and things change. Anybody here glad that you can just look up to God and say, God, to speak and things change? The power of God speaking into our life that when things seem to be dead, things seem to be empty, He is still talking to us. Look here closely into the text. Notice Mary is crying, she is weeping, but God has first used angels to talk to her, but she was not receiving. I'm so glad that God understood that you sometimes are not receiving from my messages, from my prophets, from those I sent. So I sent myself. And so then when Jesus speaks, all of a sudden she returns and reacts and realizes, there he is. That's what I've been looking for. I want to encourage you that God is speaking in your life, but are we listening? Here's a complaint that God never stops speaking. He's still talking, and he wants you to grasp on to understand that all who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. And so here it is that when we understand that God is still speaking, 
that God can make water come out of a rock. God can make a sea split and you can walk on dry land. God can make a burning furnace that burns everybody else, not burn those who are in it. God can make a hungry lion keep his mouth shut. God can do exceedingly above, beyond what you can ask or think or even imagine because he is all-powerful, he's all-knowing, he's everywhere, all at the same time. Will you call on him and find the power of resurrection in your life? The other aspect why we celebrate this resurrection is Mary's understanding now. We are fully understanding as we continue on by and by. Uh, that Jesus became our sin offering. Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. He took our pain, our suffering, and he took separation because death means to be separated from God. And here's the beautiful thing that we understand when Revelation says that they threw death into the abyss. That's the second death. I, I want to highlight for some of those young folks out there talk about yellow, you can only live once. True, you can die twice. So how you want to live? <laughs> want to live once? Fine. Die twice. But Jesus says, if you believe in me, <laughs> though you die, yet you shall live. Because I am the life and the resurrection. We know life, we know eternity because of Jesus. And lastly, because of the resurrection, again, look what Jesus says to her. Why he sees me, he said, let go, go tell her brother. He said, I am ascending to my father and your father. That's, that's, that's personal. Again. My father and, I, I've, been with, I've been with kids that let you know that who's their dad. And let you know that's not your dad. <laughs> They listen, that's my daddy, not your daddy. They, 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 they make it clear. I, I've been with kids and let you know that's my mama, not your mama. I'm letting you come in my house, see my mama's school, but that's my mama, not your mama. But here it is, he's pointing out to her that he's my daddy and he's your daddy. He is God. Oh, glory be to God. And look what he says. He says, I am sent to my father, your father, to my God, and your God. Mm. That reminds me of the great Sunday school story, like about Ruth says, I will go, and your people will be my people, and your God will be my God. She's following, so I'm going to be wherever you go. I'm going to do whatever you do. I'm going to be with you. But here it is. You say, you know, I got to go. <laughs> so that where I go, hallelujah. I'm going to be a bridge and be connected because I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No man gets the Father but through me, so I gotta go. So that where I am, hallelujah, you'll understand that I am connecting you to my Father so that when you got a need, He will see you through me. Mm. So don't cling to me. I, I haven't yet ascended yet. We got some things to go. So go get the bread and tell them that I'm going to see our Father. I'm going to see our Father. He's letting her know why she's going to ascend. But again, notice, notice that the text does not say resurrection says ascending because we understand when God has, has exalted Jesus, it means he has ascended. Now, I want to highlight here, remember, he, when he resurrected from the grave, he stayed on earth for some days. 
He stayed and talked with the disciples, and then we get the Pentecost and the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. But yet, he told them to go wait for the Pentecost to come. He spent some time on the high right here so that when he rose from the grave, he did not go straight into heaven. He spent some time here so that people would see his resurrected body so that they would believe that he has truly lived because the enemy was trying to hide out. You know, they put guards on the tomb. They, they, they were scheming and saying, hey, you know, um, you want to put some guards in because I know those disciples, they're going to come steal his body. And so they can go lie and say that he rose from the grave, but they never lie to thieves. But here it is that Jesus pointed out to them that they didn't really understand because they were trying to see this body. <laughs> they, they, they did not fully understand. The Pharisees and Sadducees were more threatened by Jesus than his own disciples. Matter of fact, we see when he arrived again, he had to show up to them. And one time Thomas wasn't there. He says, I won't believe it, y'all. I heard what y'all said. I heard what y'all said. I heard what y'all said. But I won't believe it until I can stick my hand in his side. Y'all don't hear me. He says, I won't believe that I can stick my hand in his side. But you know, when Jesus showed up, Thomas didn't do nothing. They just say he just fell down and said, I believe. <laughs> so here's the beautiful thing about our God again, right? He will continue to communicate to us to help us to understand. Some people cannot understand this resurrection. That's fine. Because there's a lot of things in science I don't understand. And sometimes they say, well, it can't be duplicated, so it can't be real. There's a lot of stuff that can't be duplicated, but it is real. You know, I, 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 I could duck back in the day, but I can't duplicate that now. <laughs> so you can believe if you want, but I, I could duck back in the day. But the Jeff can tell you, I might be able to test that now. You know, don't get over these days, right? We, we can do some things the past we can't do now. But he was that our God can always, what he's always done. And so it's shown to us that though you can see that I'm giving you evidence that others have seen and others have but only others know the tomb is empty and he is exhausted and seated right in the heart. What does that mean for us? That means that we can call on God. That Jesus is interceding on our behalf. That there's none perfect. We all have sinned upon the sword of the glory of God. And Jesus died on the cross for that reason so that we will not be condemned but we will know his grace, we will know his mercy. And may as Jesus in the garden called Mary, may you realize now he's sitting on the throne, he's calling your name. Will you respond? Will you turn and say, Master, Savior, my Redeemer? Will you call on God our Father? Will you turn to him, will you trust him? And will you celebrate that he is risen? That he is alive. And if he's alive, then you too must be dead to this world and be alive in Christ. So no longer I who live, but it's Christ who lives in me, who died for me, who set me free. No longer am I living to satisfy my lust of the flesh, I'm living to satisfy the holiness of his spirit. Because if I'm going to do that, then I'll be able to call him my God. I can call him my Father. And I can go tell somebody else this message. Look what he tells me. Mary Magdalene found the disciples and told them, I have seen the Lord, and she gave them his message. I want to encourage you to go tell somebody else what you have seen of the Lord. Tell him, tell them this message. Tell them what God has done for you. Has he delivered you? Has he saved you? Has he set you free? Has he forgiven you of your sins? Has he given you peace in the midst 
of trials and tribulations, as you let you understand what joy looks like in the midst of trials and tribulations, that you know he's been good to you, you ought to tell somebody how good he's been to you. Tell somebody that he is able to take what is dead and spring it back into life. Our God is mighty to save. Let us pray. Father, we thank you that you are mighty to save. We thank you, Lord, that we have received the spirit of adoption, that we can call you Abba, we can call you Father. And because we are your children, we thank you for blessing us through Jesus, the only begotten Son of God. Thank you, Lord, for your amazing love, your grace, and your mercy towards us. And thank you that you rose Christ from the grave, and he has ascended, and he is exalted in the right hand and majesty in our heart. We bless your God. Father, Lord, I pray there might be someone who does not know Jesus as a Lord and Savior, Lord. And I'm looking for a church home, Lord. I pray that you will bless them, guide them, and direct them to where you want them to be. Lord, if it's here at Zion, we invite them to join this place of fellowship and that we can continue to grow and be disciple once another that we can be your children and humbly serve this community. Father, I pray that those who believe in their mouth, believe, believe in their heart, confess with their mouth, that Jesus Christ is Lord and he rose from the grave. That Father, you will bless them, God, and direct them, and we will welcome them right where you place them into that church that you call them to serve. In Jesus Christ and Lord, we pray. Amen. 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 May we extend the hand of discipleship on today. You may rise. Amen. Thank you for joining us live right where you are uh, in Facebook Live and YouTube. And we, after this, we'll be doing our offering. And you can give through Zion's on website, www.zionbcpeoria.com, or download our app. Thank you. God bless you. Happy Resurrection Sunday.